has their origin story, and so does this podcast. Welcome to episode one of Earth 894. On this show, we're going to go through the entire MCU with reviews, news, commentary, everything that has to do with our favorite heroes, not so far away from our own story. To introduce ourselves here, I want to start with the awesome, incredible Captain, but not so much a fan of him, Louis Tonnerini. How you oh, doing? You're I don't scratch your last name, though. You're insane. You could use whatever. Um, cool. I am so glad you asked me to be your co-host on this podcast. I live for the MCU. I didn't live for the MCU for a very long time, and then... One day I just bought all of the Blu-rays and it's just, it's my favorite. And I, I just, everything Marvel, in, I do love the MCU, but even any superhero stuff, I, I try to watch it all. It's kind of, mm-hmm. I bug the shit out of people with all the superhero commentary that I have, but the MCU is like the biggest superhero thing that there is. And mm-hmm. I love it. I love it, man. You know that kind of brings back memory too, is I actually never really got into the MCU entire. Like I never realized it was a cinematic universe. I saw Iron Man one. I saw Iron Man two in, in high school, our electronics teacher, if he was lazy, he would just throw on Iron Man one and be like, here, it has electronics. Watch it. <laughs> I complained. Cause it's a yeah. damn good movie. But I uh, remember, I think it was senior ish or maybe junior year of high school. Um, it was right before the first Avengers movie was getting ready to release. Um, you and, yeah, it was you and uh, some more friends of ours back in the day. We all went over to uh, their basement and we all kind of like ran through uh, like Captain America. I think maybe Iron Man 2, um, Thor and maybe one other movie. But it was basically like a marathon. And I was like, oh, God, I didn't realize this is all connected because some of those movies I didn't see. But yeah, it's kind of funny. You're part of the origin of getting me into the MCU. And now here we are. Yeah, like, I... I love it. I think it was after the first Avengers that I really went back and watched it. And then I saw a few of them in the theater. I remember I saw Age of Ultron in the theater. But like now it's like my whole my whole thing. I have I have my mouse pad is is uh Cap Shield. I have a water bottle I got for Christmas that's uh Mjolnir. You know, just looking around at what I have here, it's uh, kind of my thing. And uh, my wife, I took her to see Infinity War, and she had never seen any of the movies. Mm-hmm. And so she watched Infinity War, and I mean, I'm going to go ahead and say that I can't spoil Infinity War, but at the end, when everybody's like poofing away, She's crying and she doesn't even know these people. And I'm like, that's even better. And she's, she's gotten really into it now too. So I bought, like I said, I bought all of them on Blu-ray. This was before Disney plus even Disney plus doesn't have all of them, but I have all the movies on Blu-ray and we watched all of them in order. And then we finished all those before Endgame came out. And then we saw Endgame in the theater three times. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, after that, uh, Richard, close friend of mine, he had never seen most of the movies. So 
once Henry was born and we couldn't really do a lot, he'd come over on Thursdays and that was Marvel night. We'd watch all of those movies. Oh, nice. And was it, it was either Thursdays or Wednesdays, excuse my, uh, my remembering, but I remember we were sitting down here in the basement watching Captain Marvel. That's how far we had gotten. We were watching Captain Marvel. And that's when that guy in the NBA touched all the microphones. Like, I'm not afraid of the coronavirus. Bing, 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 bing. And then they shut the world down and it took us forever. We only had two more movies after Captain Marvel, right? Is it, I believe it's Captain Marvel and then Endgame and then Far From Home. Unless Ant-Man and the Wasp comes in there somewhere. But so uh, needless to say, I ran through the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe at least at least four times. Yeah, I just finished a recent rewatch too, and I'm not gonna lie, man. Every time just the on your left and the portal scene happens in um, Endgame, I just can't help but oh. tear up and just be a blubbering mess by the end of it. It's just so darn good, especially now. Sam says on your left, and T'Challa's yeah. the first one out of the hole. And I know I was I pointed that out to Leslie that night too. I was like, damn, man. Yeah, it hurts. But it's 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 pretty good. I don't mean to to stop you. I don't. I, I you 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 threw to me. I introduced myself, and I don't think you ever introduced. Oh yeah. <laughs> so my name is Devin, and so <laughs> um, yeah, I'm a big MCU fan. Obviously, or else we wouldn't be doing this podcast. But um, what kind of got me into it was just this is cool. I'm a huge Star Wars fan, and being able to kind of. It's honestly, this is like our generation's um, Star Wars, where it's it came out of the blue, and you know it's pre-existing. People know about these heroes and stuff, but never in to this extent to where everyone is walking around with some type of Marvel-related shirt or has something on them because everyone has a favorite hero now, and it's just taken over the world um, with how good they've made the story and told it all. So, um, I'm a huge Spider-Man fan. I'm a big fan of Tom Holland's Spider-Man too, but I mean, I'm also a huge fan of our boy Toby and Garfield. So I'm not a hater. I'm not going to choose between three. Like it's, you know, trying to choose your favorite child. Um, but yeah, so I'm excited to dive more and hopefully you guys enjoy and get to know more about our fandom with Marvel. I'm a big, uh, Jake Johnson, Spider-Man kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Obviously not in the MCU, but you know what I mean? So moving forward, I think it's a great time to transition into what we wanted to dive into for this first episode. So we kind of broke down a couple of our favorite moments with like Endgame as well as um, just experiencing the MCU for the first time. And so Louie and I are going to go and kind of talk about our favorite moments, just some of them, of uh, the MCU, whether it's a certain scene or just an experience we had. We're going to dive into it in... Let us know. Maybe you guys have some of the same experiences. Love to learn what you guys want to share. So to kick things off, I think we should uh, maybe talk about maybe one of our first memories of like, oh God, the MCU is awesome. Or what is this? Like, what are these feelings I'm experiencing? You know? Yeah. Um, is there a certain movie that really kicked into like, man, I, I'm into this. Like, you got me sold. I'm hooked. The Avengers. The first one? Yeah. Uh, Dude, it's so good. The best moment for me in that movie and the thing that got me hooked is uh, when Hulk 
grabs Loki. He's swinging him around and mm-hmm. bashing him on the ground. Puny gold. <laughs> like we have a Hulk. Yeah, that is. I was like, this is awesome. Right? Like the first time I saw Avengers, I was full on Incredible Hulk. So I was geeked out when he started uh, smashing everything. Or in that movie, uh, Cap is telling everybody what to do, and then he looks at Hulk and he goes, "Hulk, smash!" And he grins. And he like. No, he doesn't fly, but he jumps off and like yeah. lands on a building and starts destroying everybody. It's it's awesome. I love it in Endgame too when they have the scene when they go back to New York during that era. Yeah, and they're just watching Hulk just destroy. <laughs> yeah, what does he say? And they're just looking. He says it seems a little seems a little excessive or something like that. And he like yeah. he like flips a car with his fingertips. Boop. Yep. <laughs> Slightly tosses a moped. He's like, uh, uh, uh. Uh, he like tears his shirt. It's <laughs> like whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm a little past that, you know, smart Hulk now. Oh goodness. What about you? Man, so I want to say watching Captain America uh for the first time, that's when I started to really understand more about how deep they're gonna start incorporating everything um with the like the influence from the comics, but how this wasn't just not just a single movie. You're actually diving into almost just another chapter of a very long book, you know? And so um, I've always been a fan of like the old World War II stuff and just that kind of like era and the aesthetic that comes with it in movies. So being able to watch a comic book movie that's set during the war, it made it really um, enticing for me to really just grab my attention. And so um, seeing cap you know he's you know i can do this all day he's struggling just to even pass for this and he's you know he's low on his just his hopes are almost gone but i mean he still doesn't want to give up um he wants to serve and he wants to fight and so it's just very not only is it patriotic but it's just also very inspiring seeing the small guy in the gym class it's always picked last and then still comes next to nothing to the trash can for the dodgeball team in class you know he becomes so, the star-spangled man. Exactly. So seeing that journey come out through, and I think they did a really good job with how they portrayed him and kicked it off, and seeing that end credit scene where he's, you know, punching the bag, and he's like, what the hell's going on? Clearly something's wrong. I was at that game that's playing on the radio. Yeah. And uh, I was like, ooh, okay. Where, where are we going? Yeah. Never expected where it'd be today, but I mean, still, I mean, it's how simple it came off to how complex it's become. And people are still along for the ride. Um, it's just an incredible feat that they pulled off. Yeah. I thought I, I agree. I think that they, uh, they had something in plan with, uh, the first Iron Man with the post credit scene where they knew they were going to do the Avengers. I don't think they thought that it was going to get as, uh, insane as it's gotten, but I'm glad that it has. Gives me something to look forward to, you know. Exactly. Um, what are some what are some MCU moments for you that make you laugh out loud? Ooh, laugh out loud. Okay. One that comes to mind right away is because uh, I just recently watched Ragnarok. <laughs> when uh, Banner goes to jump out uh, the ship with Valkyrie onto the Rainbow Bridge. Yeah, he he's like. You're going to see why. 
You say you think you remember just, who I am. And just bonk. Just totally face plants. And yeah. <laughs> I think I was watching with Alyssa and it was her first time watching the movie. She's like, is he dead? <laughs> I'm like, no, well, you've seen him in other movies, but I mean, you think. Yeah. He just is a human, but that's a funny moment. And then, um, a, ne- a really good moment that made me just laugh, just thinking about it. So in uh volume two for guardians of the galaxy, um, a couple of friends and I, we decided to just go on a whim. We just finished our finals that night and we were like, no, F it. We'll just go see the movie because we were right next to the theater. And so um, the scene where towards the end of defeating Ego, all the Guardians kind of have their superhero landing and pose. And you see Mantis and some just chunk of debris or something just whacks her in the head and just yeah. knocks her off. But that sound effect, that don't. My yeah. friend next to me lost his mind laughing where he was literally laughing for the remainder of the movie, which still was like a good 15 minutes Yeah, where he was falling, squirming in his chair and it was hilarious. And so she, she gets um, hit by the debris and, and Drax yells, Mantis look out after she's already <laughs> knocked out there. It was so good. Yeah. People might think it's a little cheesy and forced, especially with all the humor in that movie with Drax, but I love it. I love it. Um, but to end that story. So, as a joke, my friend and I we were both like kind of bigger into uh, Funko Pop collecting at that time. Uh, so as a prank, I bought him the Mantis figure, and he was like in the middle of a game he was playing, uh, like 2K or something, on the couch. And so I was like, "Hey, Dmac, Dmac, Dmac," and he's like, "You know what? I'm in the middle of a game, man." And so I just take the box, I say "catch," and I just toss it at him. He like catches it, confused, looks at it right away, immediately on the floor laughing. <laughs> <laughs> the moment his brain connected, I was like, look out. And he got it. Yeah. He, was, he understood the joke. And that was like the best five bucks I've spent on a print. Yeah, like that's a awesome. Man, how about you? Pop. What makes you laugh? Um, some examples that came to my mind that shouldn't make me laugh as much as they do. But in Guardians mm-hmm. 1, when, uh, what is it? When the Ravagers scavengers ravagers uh-huh. when they ravagers. come and take everybody away and then it's just drax rocket and groot mm-hmm. and then drax is being mean to rocket groot says i am groot and then rocket he's like you're making me kick grass and he's just like kicking <laughs> the grass it, it cracks me up every time and i know it's coming <laughs> and I'll, I'll have like tears coming down my face still laughing that one makes me laugh more than it should. And then in Infinity War, mm-hmm. also Rocket makes me laugh every time. It's when uh, they bring Thor onto the ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is that? The Benatar at that point, I believe is the name of the ship. Anyway, uh-huh. bring him onto the ship and they're all looking at him doing their thing. And uh, like, oh, he has big muscles. And Quill's like, well, I have big muscles. And uh Rocket says, Come on, Quill, you're one you're one sandwich away from fat. And he's just like, yeah. What? <laughs> huh? And that's not the thing that makes me laugh. It's uh a little bit late, they're all going on and on about his muscles, whatever. And then and then Quill goes, All right, you guys convinced me. I'm gonna start I'm gonna I'm gonna get a bow flex. I'm gonna start lifting weights. <laughs> yeah. And then he says, I'm gonna get some dumbbells, I'm gonna lift some lift some weights. And then uh, Rocket, it's almost quiet enough to where you don't even hear it. Rocket goes, uh-huh. you know, you can't eat dumbbells, Quill. And it <laughs> cracks me up every time. 
Oh my god. Or uh I also love Get Help from Thor Ragnarok, since you mentioned oh, Thor Ragnarok. Oh, yeah, Get Help. Man, that he movie says, is so funny. He says, I'm not doing Get Help. And he's like, Get Help, Get Help. He oh, just swings see. him at him. Thor Ragnarok yeah. is, is up there for one of the best ones. Right? And then Thor has that, like, shitting, shit-eating grin on his face. He's like, see, yeah. it worked. Get it's Help. Like, no. I-, I love Get Help. <laughs> and then later in the movie, he's like, I'm not doing Get Help again. <laughs> Yeah, oh, with with Hella, I think he says when Hella yeah. comes down, he's like, "I'm not doing good help." That reminded me of another funny moment. A couple with uh with Rhodes in um Endgame where I forget the specific line, but the setup is so good. Where um it was with Thor, and you know he's in his fat Thor setting, and um he says like, "I feel something flow through me" or something like that, and just Rhodes just goes, "Cheese whiz." <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he says, uh, in that moment, if I remember correctly, it's, uh, they were talking about who's going to wear the gauntlet. Yeah. It's, it's the right-handed gauntlet. It's the one in Endgame. Yeah. Uh, who's going to wear the gauntlet, and Thor says it has to be him, and then Hulk butts in, and then he's talking to, uh, Rhodey. Mm-hmm. He says, do you know what's running through my veins? Talking about the the thunder yeah. giving him the power for the gauntlet and uh Rody goes cheese whiz and yeah so i know what you're talking about that that's, <laughs> that's hilarious good moments. Too. or even like when they're at uh is it vormir or is that where the uh soul stone's at soul stone the soul stone's on vormir all right the other planet i forgot the name of where they're trying to meet up to where the power stone the power is stone. yeah but in that planet where they're watching Quill and then they uh, mute the music and then you just hear him singing to himself. Yeah. And then Rose just looks at Nebula like. So he's an idiot. So so he's an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> just classic. I love those simple one liners. Morag. Morag is Morag. where the That is correct. Man. Um, See, I'm loving this already, Louie. You seem to have the dictionary. Yeah. I'm pretty. Wikipedia. Pretty much a nerd. I don't even. I haven't looked anything up yet. I'm impressed. Um, another funny moment for me is in Avengers, the first Avengers movie, when they're Mm -hmm. kind of all meeting each other, like they caught Loki or whatever. Thor's going to get rid of him, but then Cap comes, and uh, Tony's already out there, and it's Tony and Thor meet each other, and and Tony goes, Doth Mutha know you weareth her drapes? It cracks (laughs) me up every time. I remember watching that with Hannah, and I'd seen the movie a a bunch of times, and I was like, I do not remember him saying that. And I was like crying. I was like, Oh my goodness, Doth Mutha know you wear with her drapes. That's something the best, like when you go to revisit a movie. Because no matter how many times I've seen Star Wars or like Avengers, whenever you go back to rewatch it, there's always some little parts where I forget or I dismiss and you know, breathe new life. Because then you hear that moment, and you're like, Ah, oh, man, yeah, still gets me, yeah. still gets me the little stuff. So, I love the moments make us laugh. It's always the best. But flipping it to the other side, what are some moments that make you sad? The 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 ravage they're ravagers, right? Ravagers. I gotta remember scavengers, ravagers. I think they're the ravagers. The yeah, ravager, the, ravagers. the ravager uh, funeral. For uh, for my main man uh, Yandu Udante, that was pretty sad. May have been your father, boy, but he wasn't your daddy. 
but I know that line. I was like, whoa, what the hell, man? Uh, that was pretty sad. Um, just trying to go through my, my thoughts here. Uh, I wasn't expecting a sad one. Obviously, Tony. I know it's not the ones you always want to think about. Yeah, obviously, you don't want to get in your feels. Tony at the end when uh, yeah when Peter's talking to him, and he's laying there. His half his face is burned off, and the other half he can't make a he can't move. And, mm-hmm. and Peter's just like, "This is Sark. Can you hear me? It's Peter. Hey, we won. This is Sark." You won, Mr. Stark. You won. You did it, sir. You did it. I'm sorry, Tony. I'm just like, oh yeah. my God, what are you doing to me? That makes me cry. Not makes me cry. It makes me sad. Um, because I'm super manly, so I don't cry. You know? Right. I mean, you got the beard for it, clearly. <laughs> or we were talking about off camera. Another moment that gives me like chills and makes me sad more now than it did when it came out was uh Sam saying hey, Cap Cap on your left and then the portal mm-hmm. opens up in Endgame and T'Challa is the first person to walk through it's just like oh my goodness they're all back you know that's insane did you uh did you happen to see um it was going around recently I think on Reddit I saw it um so in that portal scene when you see uh uh, Shuri and um, uh, Okoye, you know, Black Panther, yeah, Okoye, and all them coming in. If you pay attention to Shuri, as they start to slowly take those steps out of the portal, she decides to glance straight ahead instead of looking at uh, Cap. And you see, she reckon she like immediately raises her hands slightly up as a almost like into a fighting position because she's like, "Oh, look, Captain America! Oh my God, what is this?" <laughs> and she sees Thanos's army. And then she kind of like cools off a little bit, but it's very, very quick and very subtle, but I watched it and I had to rewind a couple times just to like fully take it in, but it's there and it's little fine details like that. Absolutely love. Yeah. I'll have to, I'll have to look. I haven't seen that. No, I'll have to look yeah, it up. A good one. Any excuse to watch Endgame? There you go. Right. You got three hours to easily yeah. pass, right? <laughs> Who doesn't have three hours? That's why I watch Lord of the Rings all day. <laughs> Never. I fall asleep every time. What about you? What are some sad moments for you? Yeah, one that comes back, going back to Captain America, definitely when um, Peggy and Steve are having that uh, conversation over the Atlantic or wherever he's flying over. Yeah. All right. A week next Saturday at the Stork Club. You got it. Eight o'clock on the dot. Don't you dare be late. Understood? You know, I still don't know how to dance. I'll show you how. Just be there. We'll have the band play something slow. I hate to step on your... Steve? Just that moment alone, because um, I was actually watching uh, the first season and a half, pretty much, of uh, Carter, or Agent Carter. Yeah, Agent Carter. I've only seen the first episode. 
know, the first season, pretty good. Second season, I mean, it only has two seasons. It got canceled, unfortunately. But once again, just going back to that era, World War II, post, um, just just feels great. So noir-ish, like no, noir-esque. Yeah, noir. We'll just, we'll just say I'm a pretty big fan of Haley Atwell. Surprised that I haven't watched all of it yet. That's fair. But yeah, it's pretty good. And so just kind of seeing how she's treated in though, because, you know, she's it's that typical like you're a woman. You can't do anything. Get us more coffee. Yeah. Yeah. That was the first episode that I that I watched. Yeah. Was a lot like that. Unfortunately, a lot of the season is like that and still is even in the second season. But I mean, just seeing like how she goes from that scene in uh, Captain America to that, it's just kind of like you know a little bit more about her story. And then now that we know how it ends up with Endgame, it's kind of like, you know, eventually he got that dance back. Yeah. And yeah. I, that was, I'd love to learn more about that story. Yeah. We'll see oh. with, yeah. uh, with Falcon and winter soldier coming. We might, might get something. Who knows? Have you seen the trailer for that? I don't watch trailers. Oh, okay. I won't say anything. You're, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really annoying. I don't watch any trailers. I'm a, I have a firm belief that trailers give away the best parts of the movie. I, 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 I totally agree. Or like if there's supposed to be like a, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for here? If there's supposed to be like a surprise person. Yeah. They always give it away in the trailer. Spoiled. So that way Every you time. can like, Oh my God, this person's going to be in it. Like it, like for civil war, you weren't supposed to know that T'Challa was going to be in it. And then, you know, you knew it was going to be team cap. Team, uh, Team Iron Man. Then you go in, and, and all the all the trailers have T'Challa, and you're just like, oh, that would have been so much cooler if I if I didn't know he was going to be in it. But it got your butt in there because you're like, wait, oh, wow, just, how are they going to do it? Just writing the word Marvel on the on the thing will get my butt in the chair. But Underoos. yeah, so that's my uh, that's my thing on trailers, like. I turn into like a six-year-old little boy when a trailer comes on and Hannah mm. laughs at me and she warns me too because I'll just be like, not going to hear it. Yeah, until it's over. Yeah. I used to, um, I before uh, the pandemic and everything shut down, I was regularly going to see a movie at a theater probably two to three times a week. Um, thank you, AMC. For I the, see you that AMC pass. Stubbs pass, huh? Dude. Literally, I see one movie, it pays for my entire month pretty much. Because we have, um, I'm spoiled where I live. There is two MC, AMCs within five to ten minutes of each other from my place. And one is the busiest in the state, or at least it used to be. And so it has a really nice IMAX, and that's dining. And then the other one has an IMAX and a Dolby theater. And I absolutely love Dolby. So it's just like every time a new mo- movie, especially Marvel, would come out, I'd have to see it opening night which is now like Thursday at seven o'clock. Um, just so I can, you know, I get serious FOMO, but also they usually have some pretty cool, like fan opening night. Like here's some free gifts like posters or pins or like when I went to see far from home, I got a, a little, uh, Spider-Man. I, I think he's on my desk somewhere, but it's a little, uh, Spider-Man figurine that they gave away. And so I'm always a sucker for that stuff. But, um, yeah, I, uh, I got to do that all the time. And so when I was going to see movies all the time, when trailers would come up for a movie, I really wanted to see like star Wars or something like that. I would just like, you know what? I think this is time for like my, 
fourth or fifth pee break before the movie starts. So I'm just going to go down really quick and then oh, yeah. come back after the show's over. Yeah, I'm very, uh, very bad with trailers. What are some moments in the MCU for you that like surprised you or shocked you, left you in awe? Um, I'll give an example from what I'm talking about. Um, I assume anybody listening has seen the movies and knows the stuff. So if yeah, you haven't really awkward, if it's your first time ever, like what's Marvel? Yeah. Yeah. If you haven't spoiler alert for Ant-Man and the wasp, um, at the end, at the very end of the movie, very end when he's in the van, he's like, okay, bring me back. And then it shows them all dusted. I lost my fucking mind language. I got up. I was like, Oh my God. I'm running around my living room. Like I know. A, like a, like a damn fool. Hannah has no idea what the hell I'm doing. Dark ending really fast. I was like, "What? He's gonna be stuck in there forever." What is going like, on? Boy. So yeah, that was one that really took me by surprise. You have any? Yeah, I've definitely got a couple. Um, so I want to say, uh, first one that comes to mind is definitely the reveal as to um, Vulture's family relation in uh, Homecoming. When uh, yeah, is it? he's going to pick her up. Uh, well, you know, pick her up in quotations because doesn't have a license. Um, for uh, their homecoming dance, and uh, Vulture opens the door and he's like, "Oh God, look who's there!" Or no, it's a mother who opens the door and he's like in the kitchen, right, cutting yeah. up uh, like vegetables or something, and or he doing like something. Peers his head in or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And Peter just looks in his face. <laughs> That's what I got to give credit to Tom Holland. Is just being so animated in his expressions because when, um, once he makes a connection and realizes who's there, he's just so like clearly, it almost looks like he's uh constipated or he has yeah, to go like a zombie ASAP. And it's so good, he's like, Here's the corsage, just like slaps it to her. Oh, Stuff yeah, like that. Just, right in her chest or whatever. Yeah, because you know, I don't. I'm not even sure if I made the connection or if it was one of those moments where I was like, how did I not see that coming or whatever, but just the way they play it off and it, it uh, they perf- like executed in the movie just felt like, Oh, I don't think anybody saw it coming and I don't want to be racist or anything, but Liz is black. Yeah. Michael Keaton's not black. So you just don't think about that. And- Adrian Toomes. That's his name. I forgot. Huh? Adrian oh, Toomes yeah. is the actual like character's name. I forgot. Yeah. So you That is a fair that is a fair uh, point that you make though. So they they wanted they didn't want you to guess that. And I feel like that's something they would have shown you in the damn trailer, which is why I don't watch trailers. Yeah, you know, I don't even know if they did. But you got to be dangerous cuz usually with the most spoiler content uh rich trailers are always like the TV spots that come out within like the last two weeks before the movie's released. Yeah. That's usually where they start dropping little stuff. It's like you're not convinced. Here's more of the movie. Please go see it. Another one for me. We'll just go back and forth. Another one for me. Um, spoilers for WandaVision. Um, when it was at the end of not last week's episode, the week before, maybe. I don't mm-hmm. remember. At the end of the episode, she opens the door and it's, oh, and yeah. it's Evan, Evan Peters uh, from, uh, from the X-Men one. I started shaking Hannah's leg. I was like, oh my God, 
that's the guy from X-Men. And she's like, this is huge. She's like, okay. If she doesn't care for X-Men, she's, yeah. I've tried to watch the X-Men movies with her. She doesn't, she doesn't care. But I'm just I'm kind of like, with her, man. I'm not the biggest X-Men fan. I was like, we got mutants. We got fucking mutants. Like shaking her. That was, that was a big one for me. I was like, that means yeah. we're gonna get Wolverine. We're gonna get fucking Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, you know that moment. I was kind of like, I was still taken away, taken aback from, because once someone knocks on the door, I was like, oh no, wait, because I like, I do, and I don't like to be spoiled. I'm more so like reading about it. So I'm on like the the Marvel spoiler leak subreddit almost all the time, and it's part of my daily routine now. So um. There was that, and then also earlier in, I want to say it was 2020 or middle, like, summertime, there were some articles going around saying that, you know, Evan Peters was cast for WandaVision or something like that. It was never confirmed, but it was... Yeah, I didn't even know that. Yeah, it was from, like, a really good... It may have been, like... I don't think it was THR, but it could have been, like, Variety or one of the, like, more well-known entertainment um, journals out there. And so... I already knew in the back of my mind, I was like, you know, Evan Peters, Quicksilver is supposed to be showing up here at some point. There's got to be something. And so, but when it finally happened, though, that's when it's like, oh, shit. It's kind of like when Ahsoka showed up in The Mandalorian and Star Wars like that. So it's just kind of like, okay, like, this is getting real. It's getting serious. Either way, even if it's just like partially, you know, maybe at the end of this, they're like, you know what? He was just a random character, a little Easter egg. But I mean, either way, they're recognizing it. the character doesn't matter. It's the implications behind the character that matters. We already know it's going to get whack because a Fox is now owned by Disney, which is great for the MCU. And then we already know Dr. Strange two is, you know, titled multiverse of madness. And then with the waste, uh, far from home ended, they're definitely setting up what's especially with all the stuff going on. It's definitely turning into, this is going to be like the, one more day uh, comic arc for Spider-Man for the number three. So who knows? I don't know what that means. Uh, essentially. So what happens in uh, one more day is Spider-Man's like identity gets revealed and he's trying to kind of, he makes a deal with the devil essentially Mephisto and um, he has to, like his sacrifice, like, all right, I will make sure your identity and memory of who you are is going to get erased. But you have to like pretty much give up a bunch of things. And one of the big things is he has to give up his entire marriage with MJ. And so pretty big deal. And a lot of fans weren't happy about all that. I've never actually like gone in to read the comic, but just um, kind of learn the overview. But basically he needs Doctor Strange gets involved to help him out and kind of get him out of bad tough spot with that comic arc but the thing is it's a good premise maybe they can really nail it for the mcu and make it fit really well so with everything going on with wandavision and just what we already know about the next slate of upcoming films it definitely seems that it's going to be more likely that we're going to see some really crazy stuff yeah i'm not a big horror movie guy i don't watch horror movies Mm -hmm. and they keep saying that uh Multiverse of Madness is supposed to be like a horror movie. I'm hoping it's yeah, just. I don't think it's going to be like. I'm hoping it's just got so. like some jump scares or something and watchable. Like I don't. They're want- not going to make something like that where it's to the point where like, oh my god, I can't take my kid to see this scary, scary Marvel movie. What the hell, guys? I think it's more so they just want like that 
eeriness. Like this is going to have spooky elements, you know? It's magic. It's some weird stuff. I'm pretty pretty stoked for that. And Sam Raimi is now the director for it. So oh. bringing him back in. Yeah, uh, the original director, I think there was some complications with the script and creative uh, differences. But, you know, Sam Raimi, Evil Dead, all his stuff back in the day. Spider-Man. So, yeah, even better. And Danny Elfman, I uh, just saw this past week, he's going to be doing the scoring for... Uh, Doctor Strange and I think maybe even some more Marvel stuff so it sounds like we're going to get some really great um, almost like uh, callbacks at least with the music and the directors and the creative minds to uh, the Raimi universe and just that older Marvel and Sony uh, those pictures so I'm just I'm just really excited where it's going especially being a huge Spider-Man fan the sky's the limit man yeah. I'm, I'm really I'm really stoked how are you when uh when they were talking about taking Spider-Man out of the MCU. I knew there was going to be like, hey, he makes billions of dollars. He's one of the most recognizable heroes of all time next to Superman, Batman. I was going to say, he's, he's probably number two behind Batman. Yeah. But. And so it's, there's no way they're just going to let him go willy-nilly. I'm not the, I don't have the biggest faith in Sony um, when it comes to Spider-Man. I'm not sure if you saw Venom and just you know all the story and I liked Venom. The, yeah, it was okay. Um, I'm excited for Venom too. But when I read like all that was unfolding, I mean, quick turnaround time. Bob Iger was already saying, "No, Sp- Spidey staying. We're gonna get him. Don't worry." And um, did you see like the story? I think he was on Kimmel, uh, Tom Holland, or he was with some late night uh, show, and they were asking him, like, "Well, how did you handle it?" And yada yada. And he was like, "Well, I kind of got drunk." And then I think I I got a call from Bob Iger and I was like begging him while I was like totally hammered. He was like, crying. No, please, Ms. I heard he was crying. Yeah, please, Mr. Iger, don't let me go. I don't want to leave. I want to stay. It's almost like he was getting snapped again. Start. I don't feel so good. He was like, don't worry, son. We're going to keep you. You're not going anywhere. But I've actually been reading some more stuff that's got some confirmed leaks from like a notable leaker and stuff like that that I was reading up on. Um, which kind of makes sense. I'm not going to share any of that, of course. You I don't do that. leaker, man. You leaker. It, you know, sometimes what? it pops up and I just, you know, it's like a car accident. You oh. just don't want to look away. No, you got to um, look away. I know. I, I skipped all the WandaVision stuff, but I was kind of curious what the Spider-Man stuff is because that movie is just shaping up to be totally out there. It's going to be crazy um, Well, with everything, if it's true. I don't want to ask now that I know you're Mr. Leak guy, but... Do you think uh you think we're gonna get our sinister is it sinister? Sinister, sinister seven? Six. Six? Six. Sinister six? You, well you think that's a possibility? I think so. I you know originally the amazing Spider-Man three was supposed to be Sinister Six, or they were setting up for it and then they were gonna have a Sinister Six movie. But then there was a bunch of nonsense that happened where Garfield was like six on a pre- like sick on a press tour or something with Sony and they were like, you know what? F you, we're canceling everything. And they're like, dude, what? Um, that's a long story for another episode. Um, so I think now what we're setting up, because going back to Homecoming, you saw, I feel like the jail scene, um, when they're talking to tombs, you see uh, there's a guy who has um, a scorpion tattoo on his neck. Yeah, a scorpion. And you're like, ooh, ooh you're like, ooh, that okay. Was, uh, so Dargan, Mac Dargan. Mac yeah. Dargan. And so just like, if you don't know everyone uh, for the listeners out there, um, 
everyone who's in the Sinister Six, it is as I'm trying to remember. I feel like too. I feel like uh, the Sinister Six can be any six major six Spider-Man foes, yeah. but go on with your 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 main yeah. So main guys. the Sinister Six was organized by Doc Ock. Um, and it consisted of Vulture, Electro, Mysterio, Sandman, and Craven the Hunter. And Craven the Hunter is a big one. And so, um, just going with what we already have with the MCU, we do have Vulture and we do have Mysterio. Is Mysterio dead? I don't know. We don't know. I don't think he is, but he could totally be in just haunts. Um, but with everything going on, and I'm not sure how much you know or how deep you want to go into it from what was already been kind of reported on over the last like six to eight months with the movie with who's being cast like um jamie fox i don't know if you know about that or heard about that oh man look on your face i don't go too deep into it but basically didn't hear about that he was electro in in the second uh spider-man spider-man yeah amazing Amazing so i'd assume he got casted to be electro again yeah they were saying like there were basically the article saying like Jamie Foxx is in talks with Marvel to come back as Electro and stuff like that. That's pretty much all it said. But it was coming from THR, Hollywood Reporter. So that's pretty big. They don't just make up shit. Clicks. And so um, basically, if you look at all the Spider-Man movies, Sony included, a lot of these villains have already been featured, um, minus Kraven the Hunter. So there's a chance Sinister Six might be coming in this movie but also sony back in the day has always been talking about how they really want to spin off um a lot of their spider-man villains yeah they want to do their own spider verse yeah so this could be a way of like all right the way they negotiated it'd be like here's our plan if you give us spider-man with tom holland we will give you this this and this that you can do under sony and then you know really what it comes down to is money at the end of the day and um everything it could it could be, yeah, and it could be basically Sinister Six is being introduced, but they're going to be more heavily focused in um, the Sony's like universe of their stuff with Venom, because the way they're shaping a Venom is to be that like a total anti-hero, but a hero nonetheless. And um, they could turn Sinister Six with you know almost like a Suicide Squad kind of spin on it, where they're bad people, but there's something they do. I don't necessarily think I'd want that, but I mean, having Sinister Six in an actual movie, yeah. uh, I mean, I support it. I'd be down to see it. Well, in, in the video game, they didn't have Mysterio. They had Rhino. Mm-hmm. They didn't have mm-hmm. Craven the Hunter. They had uh, Negative Man. I don't know his name. It was Martin Lee. Yeah. Mr. Negative. Mr. Negative, yeah. So, like I said, I think any six major villains would work. Yeah, there's so many. I mean, you've, I feel like Doc Ock kind of has to be one of them, but yes, you know, which I really want to see, really want to see. Oh, I, I thought I, you know, I try to not hear things, but I thought I had heard that homeboy uh, got was in talks with uh, Marvel too. The guy that played uh, Doc Ock in the in the second Rainy Man too. You are correct. See? That was going on. I yeah. did hear something about it. So you did hear some stuff. I try not to, I, but it's, it's impossible <laughs> to not hear anything. I, seriously, it, it is really hard, um, especially with how secret they try and keep everything because there's just so many surprises in the MCU and stuff. Um, yeah, I'm pretty stoked for it. But I think to, in order f- to protect Louis, 
you know, shock and awe when these movies eventually come out, I think we can move on to another topic uh, and eventually wrap up this episode. So how about we mention going back to the original ideas, like our favorite moments in MCU. What is something that if you were to try, if, if, so basically if someone were to come up to you and say, Hey, I've never seen any of these Marvel movies. I don't know if it's for me. What's something you would tell them that would be your selling point? Like you have to see these movies because this reason. Um, I'm going to go ahead and tell you to explain yours and I will, uh, <laughs> think of mine while you're explaining yours because that's, that's a loaded question and that's I will fun, right? And, and you obviously have an answer ready. So you give me your ready made answer and I will think of one after. That's funny. Cause I don't, but I'm going to wing it. Oh, you don't. Um, my bad. I figured. Nah, it's all such good. a loaded question. So, you're like, I know my answer. I used, so I used to work at uh, a physical therapy clinic and a lot of our patients were pretty much like Medicare. So that age. So, They'd be like, oh, the, when those, those, those hero movies, like, I don't watch those. What? And I, <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's totally fine. I get it. Nothing about that. Um, but to those people who would say like, you know, it's just, just random violence heroes. I don't really care. It's another Batman super guy. Um, to them, I tell them this, it's, this is a long arching story, but each little chapter has its own little pocket to find something that you might um, see yourself in or might inspire you or just make you feel something. And so being a part of a long cinematic journey where you can just dive in and get lost for a couple hours or maybe only have a few minutes to spare, you watch part of it. It's something that not everyone could have predicted what eventually become um, mainstream media or just the way we experience movies nowadays. Thinking back to like the 1920s and 30s and 40s when movies are really taking off in those early days, they would be just utterly blown away by how phenomenal we've come along with effects and story and just all the superb things that come with it. And so seeing everything come to where it's like, wow, this is real life and look, they're in New York and just all the different moments in the settings, being able to see all this crazy nonsense and just sometimes challenges of morality and where do you stand on a certain idea and seeing it's not just violence. It's not just another guy hitting a guy in another cape and some spandex. It's more so like, hey, they're trying to control us and we don't think they know what they're doing or um, like with civil war, how they're saying, I don't believe in this. We're not the police. We're not just trying to be soldiers to them. We're, we're trying to be something that's good for the world. And we're the only ones capable of handling ourselves. And it's, it's just the way they can get complex in continuity and have actual mindful discussions and make you question like, Oh yeah, what, like, what is the right decision? Who was right? It's not always black and white. There's a lot of morality and gray in there. And so if you want to just experience something like that, you want to have a little bit more of a deeper meaning and just have an overall great experience, it's good popcorn movies. But it's also everyone can find something that they like. And, yeah, that's kind of it. Yeah. I don't want to, like, piggyback you, but while I was uh, 
going over what I would say. It's more of a real life is kind of uh, mundane and boring and overrated. It even it even like gets to be so stressful with all the stuff going on in the world and the thing I like about the MCU is like it's set in the real world eventually they move into space but at least at the beginning it's in like the real world but it's like a they don't have the the problems is as terribly bad as we do we're like we're talking about racism this and politics that and it, it, you know they don't they don't even say who the president is in the damn MCU it doesn't yeah. it doesn't <laughs> matter right now that's the only thing that matters in this world and it doesn't matter there and you know it's nice when you're so stressed out about life to just sit down and watch this movie with these bright colors like mm-hmm. like what you said where people don't really care for it but Right now, um, little backstory. Right now, my least favorite season is winter. I hate it. Right there with you. Um, I hate the cold. And one thing that I mention a lot is if you walk outside right now and you look to the left and then you look to the right, everything you're going to see is going to be gray, white, black, or brown. Your your red car is going to be gray from all the freaking salt. <laughs> the snow yeah. is is freaking white and brown and gross, and the sky is gray. Everything it's just it makes me want to puke. So yeah, you yeah. sit down and you watch freaking Iron Man, and he's red and yellow and shiny and beautiful. You watch Captain America, red, white, and blue, awesome. You watch the Hulk, he's big and green, and he's out there just wrecking people and it's like the bad guys lose and sometimes in in the world the the bad guys aren't so bad and in the mcu at least later the bad guys have have a point mm-hmm. you know they you know the big thing is like well thanos is is kind of right and you're just like well yeah but not really that. The way you're about you're going about it is wrong. Yeah. You don't need to kill everyone. Um, yeah. Eric Killmonger, he was right. And it's like, yeah, but you can't just, you know, try to kill everybody just to prove that you're right. And so it's like they they get their ideas from the bad guys to fix what's going on now. Where like right now it's just like, you're wrong and I hate you. And that's all you see ever, anymore. It's just like, well, I think we should do A. And it's like, A? A? It's clearly B. There's no other way around it. And it's just like, for for example, in Black Panther, Killmonger's like, we as an African-American society have just been, you know, we've been getting shit on forever. And you guys haven't done anything to help. And T'Challa's like, well, what do you mean? And he like went back and, Holy shit, we haven't done anything to help. And so instead of just shitting on everybody, he goes in and he, at the end, he tries to help African American society. Like, so it's, it's a whole thing. I just, 
I hold it so close to me. It's just, and then I'm just a, a mark for superheroes. I'll sit there and I'll watch Spider-Man fight uh, nameless Thanos goons in the park all day long. I don't care. I just, I, I love sitting down and getting lost in this universe that's better than the freaking six feet of snow we have outside here in lovely Chicago. Can't say it better myself, man. I totally agree. So that's, that's where I'm at. Yeah. I'm glad to share that, man. I'm really excited. And I'm sure a lot of people can uh, identify with the same reasons we provided and love to learn more. So I think that's a great uh, way to end off this first episode. I think we covered a lot of good area and uh, I really enjoyed the conversation. So I'm looking forward to what's next in our uh, series that we got going for you. Well, I haven't been able to yell it yet, so uh, I'm going to yell it now. Um, Tony Stark was able to build this in a cave. The box of scraps. <laughs> that was great. Oh, the best. That's pretty good, man. Thanks. I like. I, I hear the scruff coming in Thanks. that throat too. Jeff I Bridges. Yes. <laughs> oh man. So that's going to do it for our first episode. If you guys listen, hope you really enjoyed it. We're going to be posting more here. Yeah. And uh, be sure to stay tuned with us. I'm excited. <laughs>